Do you believe in the power of prayer? Or deep down do you wonder if prayer is just a big waste of time? In this episode of Hardcore Christianity, Andy and I examine prayer by trying to answer the question, is prayer a waste of time? We'll explore statistics examining how often Americans pray. We'll try to determine if there is actual proof that God hears and answers prayer. And we'll look at what the Bible says about prayer. So whether if you're a prayer warrior or if you only pray as a last result, you want to check out this episode of Hardcore Christianity. Well, Andy, I want to thank you once again for joining me for this episode of Hardcore Christianity. Today we're going to be talking about prayer. Is prayer a waste of time? So why don't we start off, as we always do, by defining what we mean when we talk about prayer. Well, I'm always interested with these definitions to hear what the secular definition of these uh, uh, biblical uh, sayings are. So I looked up Webster's Dictionary, and Webster's says that it's an address such, such as a petition to God or a God in word or thought. Uh, the second definition is a, a, set of, a set order of words used in praying. Okay. And finally, an earnest request or wish. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, got one from Wikipedia, oh, which yeah. is, I know how, how good that is. <laughs> that one says, it's an invocation or act that seeks to activate a rapport with an object of worship through deliberate communication. Prayer can be a form of religious practice, may be either individual or communal, communal and take place in public or in private. And I like the idea that they said that it's an act of rapport. It's kind of like a, trying to build a relationship with someone, trying to build a rapport with God. And another um, one that's, this is from allaboutprayer.org, simply just says that it's a conversation with God. And I kind of like that, but yeah. a conversation implies that it's two-way communication. Mm, bingo. So what do, you, what do you think about the whole idea about two-way communication? I was actually uh, listening to John Piper not too long ago, and he was talking about the, the two-way communication, that prayer to him is not two-way, because okay. that would imply almost that the Lord is praying to us. Oh. That's, that's kind of the approach that he took on it, and I, I appreciated his approach. Um, but in terms of the communication, he, he said it more of a, a means for us to contact, or not contact, but to be in, in communion with the Lord, for a, a means for us to enter his presence, because he's always with us. He's always speaking to us through his word or circumstances, or just, the, you know, a lot of times for me, it's that thought that pops in my head out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you fall through on in obedience. So yeah. um, communication... Uh, I, I, it would be a means through which we can stop. And it's not so much that he, he chooses that time to listen, but it's a t- chance for us to slow down, or he uses it as a time to communicate or talk. Mm-hmm. It's more of a time for us to slow down and listen. Okay. I like how you put that. I appreciate you, that you said it that way, because I think a lot of people, when they hear about the idea that, we're, that when we talk to God, we pray. That's easy to understand our communication to him. But his communication to us can be confusing to a lot of people mm-hmm. um, because when we say, well, we heard from God or God speaks to us, they might be thinking, well, how, what does that mean? How, did, did he literally speak to you? How do you know if he's speaking to you in your heart? How do you know it's not just your imagination or, or things that you, thoughts that you've put in your head? So in this conversation that we're going to be talking about today, when we, when we mention prayer, we're going to go with the, uh, the, the uh, definition that it's a conversation with God and um, the idea that 
primarily, and you could uh, agree with me or disagree with mm -hmm. me, but primarily it's a, it's a communication between us to God, yes. but it also is a time where God can speak to our hearts. If we give him mm -hmm. time and we listen and allow him to be able to plant some things in our, in, in our hearts. I know oftentimes when I pray, sometimes I don't hear anything from God. Yeah. And, and it's not until later do I hear or feel that God is, is answering my prayer or giving me an answer to the question or, or the petition that I put before him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a fantastic insight. And it's, it's affirming because I'm the same, you know, I feel the same way. There are times when, you know, the Lord will just lay one thing on my heart. And I've, I've learned that when to not just ignore things that pop in my head, but to take that and to let the Lord kind of speak to me through that. But then there'll be some times where it's like my mind will wander or nothing will come in. But then throughout the day, uh, it's just revealed. So I really appreciate that insight. That was yeah. a good point. So let's talk about why we're asking this question. Why is it an issue uh, to ask the question, is prayer a waste of time? Well, I think that uh, just in general, the, the news seems to be more and more rampant with, especially it seems like sports teams, you know, doing the prayer beforehand. That, that the, the, There's a group, I can't remember off the top of my head, that they actively are saying that that's against the separation of church and state, mm -hmm. that's against the constitutional rights, and that it's being attacked. And so the students are taking it into their own hands to pray, but that's that's even being attacked. Wow, so, yeah. you know, it seems like there's, you know, a lot of a lot of um, instances like that that are coming up where you can't pray before uh, town hall meetings for, for local government. Uh, you can't pray before school functions or at school functions. And I think that this started, you know, 56 years ago, 1962, when prayer was officially removed from school. Hmm. So I think it's a very hot topic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious when, when one's praying, whether it be silent or uh, verbal, mm -hmm. that that's happening. And I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but yeah. not for the reasons that they're, they're claiming. Well, you know, as we started to explore this topic, um, I really wanted to do a topic on prayer because that's one of the things that, that hardcore Christians or Christians in general need to have in Absolutely. their life is a prayer life. Um, but I assumed before even doing any research and looking into it that most Americans don't pray or don't care about prayer or think prayer is mm. a waste of time or it's a waste of breath. I mean, why are you doing that? And I was pleasantly surprised to see that a lot of Americans do pray or at least say they believe yeah. in prayer. I'll just give you a few statistics that I got from peer research. Um, this one said that 55% of Americans say that they pray every day. 21% say that prayer, that they pray weekly or monthly and 23% say that they seldom or never pray. And it just says that women are more likely than men to pray every day. And uh, Americans age 65 or older are far more likely than adults under 30 to say that they pray daily. It's a 65 to 41 percent. Mm -hmm. And then 63% uh, of Christians in the United States say praying regularly is an essential part of the Christian identity, which to me is amazing. I, yes, I thought that I would find no one cares about prayer anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. where is prayer today? And, and that... Uh, uh, that Americans in general don't care and, and no one's praying, but apparently it seems like there are people who are praying. Absolutely. You know, as you were reading that and I was kind of thinking, it was very encouraging, but also, you know, I have asked just random people if I could pray for them before, just as I feel led, and people that I've known but never really engaged in a, in a um, religious conversation with, and no one has ever said no thanks mm. to prayer. Everybody is always very open it. To it, and it's usually an avenue to a deeper conversation. Uh, you know, prayer is such an intimate thing. It really gets to your heart on a lot of levels. 
And so people are, have always been very receptive mm -hmm. to being prayed for yeah. to the point to where, you know, they seek it. Yeah. You know, if they don't themselves do it, I used to be like this. I would ask my girlfriend back then, now my wife, to pray for me. And she's like, you can pray for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you do pray for people, do you pray for them right then and there? Or do you just typically wait till later to pray for them? Well, I pray right there and then. That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. It's It's such a... Not only is it an amazing moment to, to bring the peace of the Lord into someone's life who may not have ever experienced mm -hmm. it before, but it's really, a, I found it's a relationship builder. Yeah. You know, when, when you're, it's an intimate thing. So when you're doing that with someone and they, they can just hear the, the words that the Spirit is mm -hmm. speaking through you to their Father, mm -hmm. you know, the Spirit inside of them, whether they believe or don't in Jesus, um, is, is just listening and just praising the Lord. I, I agree. I think it serves two purposes, like you were saying. Not only are we praying to God and God's hearing the prayer, but it helps for the person to hear the prayer as well. First off, they hear your heart, but then also it's just a connection that they are able to get um, that's different than if they just, if you just said, I'll pray for you and they don't even hear your prayer yeah, or absolutely. even know that you prayed. Mm -hmm. So let me whip off a couple of other uh, statistics or quotes yes, that, I, that I got. Um, and Barna, Barna says that prayer is the most common faith practice among American adults, which I thought was pretty, that's pretty surprising. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but the thing is, is that <laughs> when I look at statistics like this, where, where people say that they pray all the time or pray a lot, and 55% of, of Amer Americans, not even, didn't, didn't even qualify as, as believers, pray, that is encouraging, but I begin to want to wonder, um, is quantity more better than quality? Some people are praying. Yes, we, we get the statistics that a lot of people at least say that um, prayer is not a waste of time. They're praying. But is there a right way to pray? Is, are they praying for the wrong things? And that's one of the things I guess we could start to talk about too. Uh, let me just read a, 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 another quote that I got um, a, that, that kind of supports this idea. Um, the headline from an article that I read from a re religious news service said, why do Amer what do Americans pray for themselves uh, mm, and yeah. maybe some sports, <laughs> a sports team? <laughs> and an excerpt from the, uh, from the article said, when Americans aren't busy praying for themselves or their own needs, and most of them are, many are seeking divine intervention on behalf of a favorite team, a sports team, or a golden ticket to a lottery, to win the lottery. Uh, and, then, and then it goes on to say about 13% of Americans who pray say they pray for sports teams compared to about one in five, that's 21%, who say they have prayed to win a lottery ticket. So it's good to hear that a lot of people are praying, but um, a qualifier is, well, what are you praying for? Um, because I think the Bible is kind of clear on how we should pray, and I know we're going to talk about that later in the show. Yeah, that, uh, it's, it's kind of a loose foxhole prayer. You know, when I, when I feel the need for something mm -hmm. and something I want, that's when I'm going to come to you to pray. And uh, I think that that's disparaging to the idea of prayer and to the God who opened the path for us to be able to approach him so freely. Uh, so uh, that's discouraging, but it's not surprising. I think it's, it's uh, indicative of the, the society that we live in right now, very me-focused mm -hmm. and, and uh, shows truly what people are worshiping. Mm -hmm. When, they, when you kind of hear what they're praying for and who they're worshiping, because prayer is a, a motivation for the Lord's will. It's a motivation, you know, it, it's an opening for us to, to be the vessels through which 
he carries out his plan mm -hmm. and prayer is the number one way that he's given us mm -hmm. to equip us for that to prepare us for that and to you know the spirit on our behalf speaking through us but also speaking while we're praying for mm -hmm. us you know so um that's a great point what are we what are they yeah. praying for and and uh is it is it quality or is it quantity yeah and one last thing I wanted to point out, and, and this is actually saying that sometimes non-believers uh, even pray. And this headline says, non-believers turn to prayer in crisis, Paul explains. And then it, uh, an excerpt says, for many non-believers, it, an uh, it is an instinctive response to a crisis, like, please God, please God, help yeah, me do this, or please God. Kind of like a bargaining thing, or mm -hmm. it can be too, like, uh, God, if you get me out of the situation, I'll do this, or I'll yep. change my ways, or something like that. Oh, yeah. So I think, um, yes, prayer is good, but I, 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 we'll move on from this. But I think the point that I wanted to try and make in the, some of the t statistics that I saw was, yes, Americans are praying, or at least they say they pray if we, if we can believe the statistic. But then a lot of people are praying for selfish things. Yep. They're praying uh, out of desperation. Just They may have never talked to God ever, and they might not have their heart in the right place when they begin to start asking for things and making bargains that they may not e may or may not even hold up if God does come through. So, Yeah, absolutely. Those are great points. And uh, selfishly motivated prayers, you know, the Lord's not going to give us just anything we ask for because he's a good father. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that he knows would either hurt us or draw us away from him, uh, like any good father, he's going to say no. Mm -hmm. All right, so what are some of the things that you believe about prayer? We're asking the, pr the question, is prayer a waste of time? What do you believe about prayer? Uh, I do not believe that prayer is a waste of time. Paul calls us to pray constantly and mm -hmm. always. And I didn't exactly know what that meant at the time because when I first was exposed to that, I was a car prayer. So that was my time. I'm driving <laughs> and I'm praying and, you know, not just, hey, save me through this intersection, but yeah. just kind of stuff that pops through my head, turn the light off or turn the radio off. But as I've grown, I've learned the value of going into my own closet and praying. I've learned the value of praying corporately, of, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. praying at dinner, praying with my family, mm -hmm. praying with my wife, you know, praying in every moment, mm -hmm. you know, just when like, I have to send a tough email or have mm -hmm. a tough conversation. So I don't believe it's a waste of time. I think that John Piper put it well, prayer is the breath of Christian life. I think that it's an amazing thought to know that the Lord has given us through his sacrifice such an open door to enter his presence Amen. and have a voice yes. with the ultimate creator of all things that is literally mm -hmm. some, the only one who mm -hmm. can do anything mm -hmm. about it. Um, I think that it means that it's a means of keeping ourselves in the love and presence of God, being connected to him, recognized just in our heart, just saying, Lord, you know, and just thinking on that. It's a mean of just practicing his presence. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's in, it's us intentionally, re, you know, relaying a message to God, specifically focusing on him, not just saying, oh, God, help me, or oh, God, get me mm -hmm. out of this. And uh, I think that ultimately God established prayer um, to be the means through which and by which we receive supernatural help. Oh, yes. You know, and I think that uh, sometimes when we talk about prayer, I think people don't understand that prayer is really a privilege. It's, Absolutely. it's, it's not something that we that we deserve. God, mm -hmm. God gave us a privilege to pray for to pray to him. And uh, it's an awesome idea to be able to pray to the God of all creation. Uh, and I hope we don't take that for granted as believers when we do pray to him or if we neglect uh, prayer to him. But I actually kind of broke it down into five types of prayer when I start to think about, and this is just my thoughts on, on prayer. I think of, and, and this is from uh, d degrees of prayer. 
So casual prayer uh, is the first one I thought of, like when you're during your daily times of prayer, like a lot of what you're talking about, like when you're in the car, maybe bedtime before you go to bed, you know, some of the rope prayers even, uh, maybe before you eat uh, dinner uh, down to a meal or something like when you're praying when you're in the car or in the shower, uh, just some of the casual prayers when we're going about our day and we just think, oh Lord, you know, thank you for the beautiful day or um, just let me lay out my day for you and help and pray that you help me through the day or mm-hmm. those kind of things where it's just things come to your mind and you pray to him. Secondly is directed prayer. And this is where I think about specific prayers uh, for specific needs, kind of like a prayer request when someone asks you to pray for them. That's a specific prayer that you're thinking that you're petitioning God for. Um, or maybe if you pray before you go into a big meeting or something like that, that's a specific prayer that you're asking God for at a specific time. And you really are engaged more um, with God than a casual prayer, but it is something that's just a specific you know, let me get this in, Lord, so I can pray to you about this specific thing and, and, and ask for your blessing upon it. And the third one is um, focus prayer. Just this one is setting aside a time aside to pray, kind of mm. like going into your prayer closet in your prayer room and just closing the door and just kind of connecting with the Lord. You don't have to have necessarily an agenda of a list or anything like that, but just setting some time aside uh, in your schedule, just like you would set aside a time to, to meet with your wife or to talk mm-hmm. to a friend. Um, just setting some time aside to just focus on God and just to talk to him, just to start laying things out. That's been um, some things that have been bothering you on your mind, things that you've had uh, that you wanted to talk about during your day, praising him and thanking him for things he's done for you and just spending some time, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, half hour, just spending time with him, just uh, just praying, just talking. Mm-hmm. To him. And another one is structured prayer. And this is like following a pattern, like the Lord's Prayer that kind of gives you steps. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, sometimes when we're in church and church has, um, these are some specific things I want you to pray for. Why don't you pray for these these three things? And that to me is more of a structured prayer. Okay, well, now I'm being directed to pray in in these areas and I'm focusing on these these things in a a pattern of Uh some sort. And then lastly... Um, I kind of think of intense prayer. And this to me is the most, um, you know, the, the, where we just petition God in a way that is, that is really, really strong and, and directed. Um, this is kind of like fasting and praying for an extended period of time or um, laying on of hands and praying mm-hmm. for some a miraculous thing to happen. This is where you really pour out your heart, where you're really directed and you're really praying. It's kind of like when Jesus prayed. It's, we're not Jesus, but it's kind of like when <laughs> Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was really passionately praying so much so that he, he was just just dripping drops of blood he was sweating yeah. blood mm-hmm. and that to me is where your heart is incredibly engaged and you really really mm. need an answer from the lord it's something way beyond yourself and you're crying out to him i guess it would i would it would say to the point of where you would fast and you would pray and you would do anything you would drop on your knees you would fall out you'd cry you'd spend hours in the prayer closet so there are times when that kind of prayer is needed so i don't know i just broke it down to those five i think that um that uh, there are different levels of prayer and different mm-hmm. times that we pray. Um, but I think that all of those are important um, to have in our lives. Um, but I think that we also need to, to remember two things when we pray. We have to pray in faith and we have to pray with the right motives. And I know yes. we're going to get into that later when we start to talk about what the Bible says about prayer. Yeah. Yeah, those are great points. I really appreciate how you broke it down like that. It's, I think it's really, really clear and it breaks down kind of uh, the the situational and the genres of prayer and the moments and that it's really an all-encompassing thing you know like i said earlier with paul praying at all times was mm-hmm. really covered that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. 
Very well done. <laughs> well, why don't we move on to, is there any proof that God hears and answers prayer? Well, uh, I thought I would start out with a Bible verse. Okay. So as I was kind of thinking and praying over this, uh, Daniel popped in my mind. Okay. So Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 through 12. Uh, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my knee hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. So the context here is that Daniel had been fasting and praying for three weeks um, for, for the Lord to come through. And the story goes on to say that this angel reveals to Daniel that the very moment he prayed, he was released from mm -hmm. the Lord's presence. Three weeks he was battling what he said was, I believe, the prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, Paul speaks about those principalities that were up against in the right. spiritual realm, and that it took three weeks for him to reach Daniel. But through Daniel's faithful prayer through those three weeks, three weeks continued, and the angel stood up and said that you are hurt, mm -hmm. and I am here in response to your prayer. So that is such an encouragement mm -hmm. to know that you know, you, if you know Daniel's story, he's not anything spectacular, just like so many men that the, the Lord used. But he had that faith that you were speaking for of to say, I'm not going to eat what the king gives me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to to sacrifice my faith and my prayer time just because mm -hmm. you tell me I'm going to be committed to my God. And that's just an amazing, uh, I just, right when I read that part where the angel just says, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, it just like grabs onto your heart yeah. and just, melts it to know that he does the lord doesn't do it because he's like well i sent my son to die for you so i might as well listen to what you have to say he, mm -hmm. he loves us and i'll tell you as as my children get older and they take the time to to seek me out and talk to me and ask me questions and just want my attention it's such it's such a joy to a father's heart when his child intentionally comes to him that's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just in terms of is, is there proof that God hears answers and prayers for me in my life? It's like a simple yes. But we are such a, a fact driven um, society. The first person that popped in my mind was George Mueller. Are you familiar with George Mueller? No. So George Mueller lived in the 1800s. He was from um, England mm -hmm. and he was nothing special. Started as a pastor. Didn't really feel the call to that. And then through a set of circumstances, one of his friends says, we're in need of an orphanage. So George Mueller was living in London and in, in England at the time of like the Oliver Twist era when Charles Dickens wrote okay. about that. No orphanages, you know, so these children were out on the streets with nowhere to go, no one to provide for them. And George Mueller sat, set out to run an orphanage completely um, dependent on prayer. And he, he determined that he would not say, tell anyone his needs that he would simply come to God and that he would pray to God and, and expectantly wait. And, and he said the key for him after 10 years of praying and being a Christian, the key to him was the day that he realized that he, he must pray scripture and pray scripturally. He prays the Lord's words back to him. And George Mueller, in his, his journals, he has 50,000 specific recorded answers to prayer. Wow. He has 30,000 that he says were answered the same day and some even the same hour they've prayed them. 
there is a there is a verified story that VeggieTales actually took and made into one of their episodes where he's sitting down and there is no bread and there is no milk. There is nothing for the, these kids to eat. And he gets them together. There's like, I mean, at times he had up to 2,000 kids in an orphanage. And they prayed, thanking the Lord for what he's going to provide. And there was a knock on the door and it was the baker saying, I felt compelled <laughs> to get up and bake this bread. That is God. And not five minutes later, the milkman broke down right just in front like of his him door. just like to do that. So I just, he is an amazing testament to the power of prayer, the faithfulness of prayer. Like you were saying, people said there was a story of a ship captain where he was, George Mueller was going somewhere to speak and he's like, I have to get here. And the ship captain's like, it's foggy. I can't do anything about it. It's horrible weather. And the ship captain said he saw George Mueller get down right there, prayed a very simple and fast prayer, not even a minute. And instantly the fog lifted and they got where they needed to go. Oh man, that's that's great, and I really like the the scripture that you pointed out too, because I had re- I had wanted to remember to put that in my notes, but I'm glad you said it, because I forgot to put it in there. I remember that prayer about the the, the angel that came and said that he was held up. He would he, he heard it yeah. right away. That, that's awesome, and I'll I'll just kind of end with uh, um, scripture as well, because that's one of the things that I wanted to pick out too about the proof. Uh, in First John chapter five verse fourteen, it says, "This is the confidence we have in approaching God." that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So that kind of talks about the asking and according to his will uh, with the right motives, and then he will hear us. So I just mm-hmm. thought that that was a, another good, um, good prayer. But it's, it's, it Amen. basically just says that he will hear us, yep. and that uh, helps us to know the Bible attests to the truth of, of the power of prayer. Amen. And also, if you haven't seen the episode on... Um, do miracles happen today that there's a lot of answered prayer and miracles and and explaining how prayer works there too. Well, when we come back, we'll turn our attention to what the Bible says about prayer. We'll try to find out if there is a right way and a wrong way to pray. And if prayer is important and if it is effective, we'll examine what it says about our God. So stay with us. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com to leave us a comment. That's w-r-i-t-e-c-m-v at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Want to watch episodes of Christian music videos online? Visit the CMV Mobile YouTube channel and catch full episodes featuring independent Christian artists. Every month, one new episode from the television series is added to the channel. Now, You can watch CMV anytime on your mobile device, computer, and even your television using a web-enabled device like the Apple TV. Just go to ktfproductions.com and find the CMV mobile link on the Christian Music video page. You can also subscribe to the channel if you want to be updated when a new episode is added. CMV Mobile. Watch anytime, anywhere. Allow yourself to be challenged and encouraged toward a deeper relationship with Christ through Lord of My Life Bible devotions. For the print version, you could read online or subscribe and have them emailed to you as they are posted. And for the audio version, you can listen online or subscribe to the audio podcast and receive episodes as they are released. The Lord of My Life Bible devotions. Find them at ktfproductions.com. Today, Andy and I have been discussing prayer. Is prayer a waste of time? I think we've come to the conclusion that the act of prayer is certainly not a waste of time, but does it matter how we pray? 
Are some prayers more effective than others? And is there a right and a wrong way to pray? In this segment, we'll try to answer those questions, and we'll start by exploring what the Bible says about prayer. So Andy, what does the Bible say about prayer? Uh, I came across four uh, verses that I thought were pretty spot on. Uh, first is James 5.16. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, Psalm 91.15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And speaks again to him hearing us call, or him hearing our call to him. Uh, Isaiah sixty five twenty four, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. It's immediate. It's immediate comment, like we are instantly in his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, Matthew seven seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Amen. Those are great. I'm just going to add one more to that, and the one that just talks about praying continually, which is First Thessalonians 5.17, which mm-hmm. simply says, pray continually. It's a, it's, it's a little a couple words and a phrase and a list of things that, that we should do, but prayer continually is certainly one of those things that we should do. And I'm glad we actually talked about praying continually, because I think that prayer should always be in our minds, and we should never mm-hmm. be far away from talking to God, so... Yeah, Jesus really set the the uh, example for that because that's the the thing that always stood out in my or in his story is him going off after mm-hmm. ministering to all these people all day and going off all night and praying, you know. And people, uh, to me initially, it was just like, how can you do that? It must be so exhausted. But when you really get to the depth of, of prayer, it is such a filling and energetic time. You know, the Lord says that you know young men stumble and fall, but I will lift you up on wings mm-hmm. like eagles, and He really is just proof that he is a source of life for us, that he is our, our daily bread. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there are times, especially when I'm really petitioning the Lord and my heart is really poured out and I'm, I'm crying out to him. There are times when I actually feel the presence of the Lord. I actually feel either a level of peace that he's answered my prayer or that he's, he's working on it or that uh, um, there's just some presence of the Lord that I feel. It's, it's almost, it's, it feels supernatural. It Absolutely. feels unnatural. And it's like uh, he's right there, you know, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, and it's almost as if, as if he's comforting me in that moment, helping me to know that my prayers are being heard, helping me to know that God cares. So, yeah. I, I mean, even in those times, God can use prayer um, to even physiologically affect us. Absolutely. I, I would say absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, there have been countless times where the people I've been with, you know, in prayer groups mm-hmm. that we've been a part of, and we all sit there and just sigh mm-hmm. at the end of that mm-hmm. piece. And in moments, just the other morning, I was just coming to the Lord just so heavy. You know, personally, there's a lot going on, and I said, Lord, I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And just, it felt like a warm blanket that went through my soul, and just this calm and the pit in my stomach just released, and it is completely supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so invigorating and so humbling. Yeah, that's awesome. So is there a right way and a wrong way to pray, in your opinion? Um, yes. I, I think that there is a right way and a wrong way. Um, Matthew 6, 5 says that when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, And, uh, you know, there's also a, a, a verse that says, you know, don't constantly... Uh, repeat yourself. Don't mm-hmm. heap up mm-hmm. phrases. Like a, a clanging cymbal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
you don't have to keep because that's what the Gentiles do mm-hmm. and that's what the, the people who seem so religious for the, um, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, they do. They stand there and they just say those prayers over. And I think of the Wailing Wall today mm-hmm. even, how they stand there mm-hmm. and they do that in public. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're called to. It's Prayer is very much called to be an, an intimate thing. And there is room for corporate prayer. That's I got a huge role. There's a prayer with your family as, mm-hmm. as a leader of a family. There's prayer with your wife. You know, there there's all sorts of types of prayer, but we are ultimately called to also spend that time alone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, first and foremost, it has to be said, uh, I think the Bible speaks very clearly that uh, in order for our, our prayers to be heard, uh, we have to first call on God for salvation and be in right standing with God mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, if we are walking in pride and or habitual sin, uh, if we are embracing it and not really listening to what the Lord's putting on our heart, uh, he, the Lord will not hear our prayers. Um, uh, we need to approach the Lord with humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think about the story in Luke 18, chapter or chapter 18, verse 13, with the tax collector and the Pharisee. Yep. You know, the Lord, the tax collector with his head hung, just says, "Lord, have mercy on mm-hmm. me, a sinner." Mm-hmm. And the Pharisee's praying about how great he is and thankful right. that he's not the the tax collector. And Jesus is like, "Who who left?" Uh, justified mm-hmm. it was the tax collector mm-hmm. that's a powerful moment of humility right where you can't even lift your head up and then uh, ultimately it, it speaks to what you said earlier we have to have faith that he hears our prayers and that he will answer them mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be the way that we want him to mm-hmm. he often doesn't work like that but he does answer prayers um, it, it may take time it may be in a different way than we expect. And, and for me, it's always, sometimes it's hard to recognize in the moment that this is an answered prayer. Mm-hmm. But man, you eventually get to a spot to where you can see a series of circumstances that he's used to get you to the spot. Like, this is exactly what I mm-hmm. pray for. Nowhere near what I expected. And I found in my personal case that the more I expect him to answer a certain way, he does. <laughs> so that was, I appreciated your praying in faith. And, and George Mueller really spoke to that a lot too. Just that trusting that it's already been done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not telling him anything he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the spirit inside of us that's mm-hmm. propelling us and compelling us to to pray to him in these ways so that his will may be done. Mm-hmm. That's the privilege that you spoke about earlier. Not only that we get to enter the presence of God, but that we are used to carry out his will and that the way that he accomplishes that by is by speaking to mm-hmm. us and through us. And then um, we spoke about this a little earlier, finally. Uh, God will not answer prayers that are selfishly motivated and self-centered. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give you a lo- the lotto if that's going to cause you destruction and take you away from him. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that, uh, for me, something he's been speaking to me a lot is, our treasures are not here. Our treasures are him and in heaven. And he says, stock up your treasures in heaven where moths can't eat them and rust can't destroy mm-hmm. because everything that's on the earth will burn. I like what you said uh, about the prayers of a righteous man when you mentioned that verse earlier. I think that people and believers and, and even unbelievers need to understand that it matters, that God cares about our dedication and our faithfulness to him and our righteousness, quote unquote, because our righteousness is of filthy rags, which Absolutely. is why I say that. Mm-hmm. But it matters our dedication to him. And he knows that. And it says a prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that to me proves that our standing with him, like you said, does matter it, mm-hmm. it it does matter and i think that's why a lot of people ask other people to pray for them because well my standing not that great but i know that you're in tight with the lord so Bingo. please pray for me Bingo. and so there's that but i do have uh i'm continually reminded especially when i was doing some research and thinking about this topic 
that those two main things about how to pray, um, is there a right and a wrong way to pray, about the faith and the motives. Uh, in uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 4, it says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Mm. This was someone who was just basically saying, you know, I know I need to have that faith. I know I need to believe, but right now I'm not doing a great job of it. Help me to overcome this unbelief. Now, that was a father whose son was demon-possessed, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, and so story. helping us to, to remember that faith, that our belief, that our uh, belief that God hears us and will reward us and will answer our prayers, we have to have that. And that, to me, is uh, when you're praying, if you don't believe, why you're praying? I mean, that's what we kind of I kind of talked about with the with the miracles too. Is like, well, if you don't believe that God's going to do miracles, why are you even praying for a miracle mm-hmm. or for God to do something for you? So faith is the number one thing, uh, pretty much in all Christian walk. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'll keep saying that because it's such an important thing. So faith with our prayers must be there. You can't just send up a prayer and just you know, you have to have that faith accompanying it. And then that's, that's the right way to pray. And the wrong way to pray, of course, is the wrong motives. And in James chapter 4, verse 3, it says, mm-hmm. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Mm. And then Jesus actually modeled pra- the, the motive prayer for us. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 42, he, G- speaking of Jesus, he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Jesus in the flesh did not look forward to being crucified, even to the point of praying this prayer. But ultimately, he said, Not my will, but your will be done. Let mm-hmm. your will be done. So that's the motives. He is lining himself, his, his motives, with the father's motives. It's like, well, I would prefer that if you don't have to do this, you could take this cup away from me, but not my will, not my motives and my desires, your desires. And so I think that when we pray, we have to have to keep those two things in mind. And that's when we were talking earlier about all of these different prayers for selfish reasons and for selfish gain and and for really things that do not really line up with the character of God. When you're praying things that do not line up with the character of God, you know you're not praying with the right motives. You know you're not praying within his will, and he Mm -hmm. wants us to pray within his will. Jesus says that himself, too. So those two things I think that we need to keep in mind when we are praying have to have faith and have to pray with the right motives. And if you're praying with the right motives, you are praying within God's will. Yeah. You know, initially I said that I don't think prayer is a waste of time. And I say this lovingly, but without faith (laughs) and without proper motives, it is a waste of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's good. Okay. So one of the things that Jesus modeled for us in the Bible was the Lord's Prayer. It's it's Mm -hmm. lovingly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. It's just him modeling to the disciples how you can pray. And I thought it might be a good idea since we're doing an episode about prayer that we can kind of just pick apart this prayer and look at how Jesus prayed and how we're supposed to pray. In this prayer, he basically picks six petitions that he brings unto the Lord. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to look at this is because it's not always about praying for something for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Jesus' prayer, most of the, all of these prayers except one is for selfish well, not selfish, but for self-gain or for God to do something for self specifically. So let's walk through these yep. and, and uh, get your thoughts on some of these things too. So the prayer starts off in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. It starts off with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What do you think about that petition that Jesus prays to the Lord? Uh, I think it starts us off with the proper focus, which is heavenward, that our, our Father is in heaven. He is on the throne. He is alive, and he is... Um, 
and it, it puts you in a, a state of reverence. Mm-hmm. You know, for the men that were in the presence of the Lord, you know, they were in utter awe. Mm-hmm. Even even Moses just seeing the back of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I think of Isaiah, I think of Paul, I think of uh, John, I think of it was a Jeremiah that went to uh, had the vision of and they all just utter reverence for our our God. Um, I think that it it shows that He's uh, a loving Father that is intensely personal. And that um, the name of God has weight and intensity tied to it. And that, that creates in us a good type of, of fear mm-hmm. and respect for who yep, he is absolutely. and who it is that we're approaching. It's honoring. It's humility. What we were talking about earlier yep, about absolutely. approaching the Lord with humility. It's re- recognizing that God is God and we are not. Mm-hmm. It puts us in our right place. It helps him, as helps him to know that we know who he is. And it is true worship. That first statement, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is basically just, as you said, we're in awe of the Lord, which I think that you can just pray that. If, if, if someone just wants to pray just that prayer, you could spend a long time just, just glorifying the Lord and just lifting him up and just honoring him for who he is and just thanking him and glorifying him, and just worshiping him with just mm-hmm. that part of, of the prayer. Absolutely. That's, and that's a great spot to kind of dwell into is just that worship and mm-hmm. awe of him and who he is. And just just addressing that he is on the throne for me that represents you are at the center of everything mm-hmm. and you are you are in the spot through which all life flows and everything is controlled amen and so the second thing jesus says is your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven uh, what do you think about that particular petition uh i think of jesus coming back i think of like that the kingdom of god is inaugurated and um it is active and it is moving now, and it'll be consummated at the return of Christ. Uh, that and that uh, he's infinitely powerful. And in that, you know, that was a big part of Jesus. Is I think about it. I'm a, I'm a history buff, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and I just think about the birth of Jesus at Christmas time, like D-Day. Mm-hmm. That was the invasion. You know, the enemy has taken over the world, and that was God's invasion where he started his his army and it just spread from there mm-hmm. and taking over that was the that was his flag for his kingdom starting on this mm-hmm. earth and in our time where we can see it well i like how it says your will be done it mm-hmm. just it really points out what he has been what he prayed in that one prayer that i mentioned your will be done not my will is for us to trust his will his way and his sovereignty we need to remember that god is god and he he knows what we don't know he sees further ahead than we see mm. and when we pray we may have our own desires, but God may have a different path, maybe even a better path than what we're, we're actually asking him for. So by praying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's your will, not my will, because I know that I can trust you to do even better than I could even think for myself mm-hmm. to be done. So by, I think Jesus, by adding that in there, he's basically saying, Father, I trust you and I trust your will and I want your will to be done as it is on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So then his next one is, give us today our daily bread. What do you think about that? Well, I was, I was listening and reading some commentaries, and I came across an interesting um, bit of information that it, it's a different way to think about this. Um, I think that because God is personal, he gives us what we need, but not always what we want. So back to his will. Um, but that I think that the, the daily bread... It's he'll provide our clothes and our and our food for us. He'll mm-hmm. provide our daily needs. Mm-hmm. You know, His grace will sustain us. Mercy is enough for today. But the one commentary, the way he presented it is to remember that Jesus is the bread of life, and that he he compared it 
loosely to the manna. You know, if you think about it, the Israelites were instructed to go get manna just for that day, which mm -hmm. shows us that, you know, the bread of life, the word, Jesus, you, you, you need it for every day. Mm -hmm. You need it fresh every day. Amen. You can't go a day without it. And also, you can't collect it for others. Mm -hmm. You have to only collect for yourself. I can't, I can't study for you. I can't study and I can't get in the word and feed you off of what I'm getting off of the bread of life. Interesting. And then um, finally, it was that uh, I can't be stored up. You know, I can't because I missed it yesterday. I can't make up for that today. Mm -hmm. And I can't do extra today so that I can skip it tomorrow. Hmm. It's daily. It's a daily need and attachment and desire for the right. Lord that he is our sustainer. Well, I look at that and, I, and it says, uh, it's just meeting our daily needs. Give us to this day our daily bread. Give us, give us today our daily bread. But I like what you said about the daily part because um, we need to focus on our day to day and allow our, our focus to be here and not, and not in the future. Even though the Bible talks about the idea, let, let tomorrow take care of itself. Just concern yourself with the day. It says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And he says his, his mercies are new every morning. So when I read things like that, I just think about, let's, let's focus on today. Let's focus on his mercies being new this morning. Let's focus on taking up our cross today. Let's not worry about tomorrow. Let's focus on today and uh, give us today our daily bread today. Uh, meet our needs today. Tomorrow, we'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. But today, I'm praying for you to take care of our needs. And this is the one of the the, the one that, that focuses on our needs, our own personal needs. So if we have something that we need from the Lord, if there's something that, that we need God to answer our prayer for, for, for us personally, maybe even uh, a sickness or whatever, or a job or whatever it is may, it may be, this is the one that specifically targets, I think, in, in this list of the six petitions that Jesus talks about, this is where all that stuff fits in, where we pray for some of our own needs. So that's kind of, that was interesting to me that it happens to come third in mm -hmm. the list uh, where before we even uh, get to the part where we talk about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think about that um, parable about the, the farmer who said he needed to big, build bigger barns mm -hmm. to store everything so he can take it easy. And, and you fool, tonight your life will be taken yep. from you. Yep. Um, I actually found a, a verse from Proverbs 30, King Solomon, that it kind of ties in to the, the daily bread. Um, verse 7 through, uh, looks like 8. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Mm -hmm. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane thy name of, the name of my God. What is, the, what is this except for, like, this? give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. It's just what we need to sustain mm -hmm. us today. Yep. Not too much, not too little. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next thing he says is, and forgive us our debts as we forgive, as we have forgiven our debtors. What do you, what do you see there? Uh, it's, it speaks to, um, and I used to think that if I don't forgive someone immediately or if I hold a grudge, that in that time frame, and this is just me, my old theology, in that time frame, the Lord's not going to forgive me. And so that for me was like, okay, i got to forgive people because I don't want the Lord to, to be mad at me. But... Um, what, the, what I have learned is that it, that's not the case at all. Uh, it, it shows that because of the amount of, of forgiveness we have been given, we have to be compelled to forgive others. It's mm -hmm. like the, uh, the king who for, forgave the man of you know, a bunch of money, and he goes out happy and runs into a guy who owes him like 20 bucks, and he's like, give me my money, mm -hmm. and he can't pay and throws him in jail. jail. You know, it's because of the amount we can never 
repay right. the forgiveness that we have received mm -hmm. and we are not called to keep it's not in our works it is not in anything that we do we are called to remember that when we feel like there is a moment when we need to give forgiveness um uh, it, it's it's a love offering and and then ultimately it's an act of awareness and a fellowship of, of how much we need him when I look at it too, and it says, uh, "And forgive us our debts, as we have been as we have forgiven our debtors." When I first started to read that uh, a while ago, when I was when I first read it, or first few times I read it, I thought it was debts as in um, monetary, mm. uh, or someone owes you something. Forgive them for the things that they have either done to you, or they owe you, or whatever. Uh, just the whole forgiveness aspect. But I think what he's talking about here is sins. Uh, mm -hmm. specifically yeah. uh, and really after this Lord's Prayer after the six are done verses 14 and 15 show up and I'm going to jump to that because it talks to yeah. what it is that mm -hmm. we're, we're referencing now it says if you forgive other people when they sin against you your father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins so uh, we need to do what he just said forgive others as the father has forgiven us so I think that the uh, um, Bible also talks about, hey, don't go to bed. Don't even put your head down before you, if you have something going on between you and your brother that mm -hmm. you need to settle. Uh, so these are things that we need to forgive. And it, it's, it's easy to say, hard to do. I understand that. Uh, but uh, this is one of the things that, uh, that is laid out here uh, that Jesus says. All right, so on to the next one. And lead us not into temptation. So what do you, what, what comes to mind there? Uh, just comes to mind for me is just the daily battle with sin. The daily battle that we have with temptation. You know, I walk in victory over my sin, but I am reminded by Paul of the thorn in the flesh that was given him to keep him close to the Lord. And I just think of that. I, if I don't cling to him, if even for one moment I let go, mm -hmm. the enemy's going to step right in. And it is so subtle. And it's just like knocking a ship just one degree off. You know, after a few hours, it's going to be completely off right. course. And that is just so true for me. And it's just a vital reminder that, um, Lord, just keep me. I, I need you. Keep me attached to you. Mm -hmm. Don't don't let me stray. Don't let me seek other things. Let you be the God that is on the altar of my heart constantly. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I love how the way that Jesus crafted that particular part of the, of the prayer um, to lead us not into temptation, basically asking God to help us with our sin nature. Mm -hmm. I'm like, help us Lord to avoid sin, help us Lord to defeat sin. Mm -hmm. And I think that believers need to remember that this can only be done with the help of the Holy Spirit. This can yeah, only amen. be done with the help of our Lord. So when we ask that prayer and it, remember this stuff is daily stuff. This oh, is yeah, daily absolutely. prayers. Mm -hmm. So if we remember that these are daily things, we ask the Lord daily to um, lead us not into temptation that will help us to remember that the Lord is at work helping us to stay away from that sin nature, to fight that battle, and we're not doing it on our own. And the enemy is a prowling lion looking for someone to devour. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And the last petition, it says, but deliver us from the evil one. What do you see there? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that and praying about it, and um, I think about just the constant presence that we are in the uh, world where the ruler of this world is small g god uh or the, the god of this world small g is is just our enemy and that we are not home and that ultimately uh we need we need deliverance from the evil one and i think that that is just a constant reminder that who's who's protecting us who's got our back that we walk in victory over the enemy but i was thinking about the power of this prayer 
And when Jesus was teaching his disciples and he was modeling it for us, um, depending on your beliefs, the people that are alive um, during the, the, the tribulation and the presence of the Antichrist on earth and just praying that prayer and the power for those people that it will be that deliver us right now from the evil one. And even now as he mm -hmm. prowls around, like we, I just said, just a constant reminder that our enemy is, is near and mm -hmm. that the Lord... Praise his name is our rock, is mm -hmm. our shelter, is our foundation, and that he is just good. It also reminds me of uh, Ephesians 6.11, which is basically uh, put on the full armor of God so mm. you can take your stand Amen. against the devil's schemes. So when we, and I pray this uh, as yes, often as I can remember, as Every often morning. as I can in the, in the morning, is that um, Lord help me to put on the full armor of God that I can take my stand against the devil's schemes. And so when he says deliver us from the evil one, he's given us, um, some help with that the full armor of God you really have to, to uh, for those who haven't read it read Ephesians um, 6 11 yes and read through that passage and it really kind of talks about all these different um, um, things that we can do these these the things that the Lord has provided for us to help us to defend us against the evil one so I think that when I hit that part I, I immediately shipped flipped mm -hmm. to to the uh, uh, the armor of God statement I, that's I'm that's a great point I'm really glad that you mentioned that uh, I do that every day myself, mm -hmm. and there was a time when the enemy's attack on our my family was just palatable. Like he was in the midst of our home and our family, and I every morning was praying that. And I want to encourage people: pray that over the people in your family, pray that over the people mm -hmm. in your lives. I was praying it for weeks over my family, and one day my oldest daughter came to me. She said, "Daddy, I had a really strange dream. I need to tell you about." I said, "What's that, sweetheart?" She said, "I had a dream that you were preparing us for battle." And that you were putting armor on me and teaching me how to fight. And I was like, wow. Let me tell you something. I told her all about it. She's like, isn't God good? That's great. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, let's move on to the next question, which is why is believing that prayer matters important? It may be obvious, but do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think that uh, prayer becomes the mean by which the purposes of God are accomplished. Uh, you know, in, in studying this, you have people who say prayer is a waste of time. And if it's an all-knowing God, why do we have to pray? And it's, it's all to, you know, there's even a verse that speaks that says, you know, if, if you did not proclaim my name, the rocks would, would become believers and would praise me. And so why, why pray? Why speak the gospel? Why preach it? Why go to nations all over the earth? And that's because of the privilege that has been bestowed upon us to be vessels through which he works. Mm -hmm. And that right there is humbling understand that the creator of all things and it bears his image bearers as, as the part of creation the pinnacle of creation that he chose to to shine through and to work through that prayer is, is our way of coming to him and listening and being in communion and mm -hmm. being filled and being used by him to speak you know I think of I think of Moses on the mountain with God when they were worshiping the calf and God is like I'm gonna kill him Moses I'm gonna kill them all I'm gonna start with you and we're going to go, and we're going to start with you, and I'm going to make a whole, whole nation off of you. And Moses said, no, Lord, no. Remember your name. What? Think about what the Egyptians will say. And he petitioned God, and mm -hmm. God changed his mind. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think God changed his mind, or do you think that Moses was swayed, or swayed God? What? But ultimately, God knew, and Moses was the vessel through mm -hmm. which he worked. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing. You see that time and time again. I think that we need to remember... Uh, at least this is for me, this is my thoughts on, on prayer, is that prayer, I think, is the primary way that we communicate to God. There are way, a lot of ways we can do it. 
uh, but prayer is the most direct. It's a verbal. It's 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 as directed. We our hearts and our minds are in step and in tune and communicating with the Lord. And I believe that the Bible is His primary way to speak to us. Um, he can speak to us through a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different people, circumstances, whatever uh, that He could use. But I kind of think about it as that way. And if you're trying to build a relationship with someone, you need to have that communication. Mm, you must yeah. speak to someone and, and spend some time with them and speak mm -hmm. with them. And if, and if you are praying and, and listening for the Lord to talk back to you and you don't hear him speaking, then use that form of communication with the Bible and allow him to speak to you through his word. Oftentimes mm -hmm. things will come up through his word that mm -hmm. are, we mentioned in the, in the previous episode that the, the word is living and active. Mm -hmm. He can use scripture that you may have read before and had a certain meaning, but in this specific instance, when you were praying to him and he brought you to this particular portion of scripture, it's not circumstance that he brought you there because um, when you read it, it may have a, a different effect on you. It may be an answer to the prayer that you just prayed. So I look at those two as, a, I mean, like I said, he can use a lot of different things, but those I look at as the primary forms of communication, prayer to him for communicating to him and Bible uh, for him communicating back to us. Absolutely, amen, amen. You know, and I, it's just, uh, I, I continue to stand in all that to know that he hears us. He hears us and he mm -hmm. responds. Mm -hmm. If prayer is important and effective, what does that say about our God? Uh, well, it says that he is a loving father that uh, is there to help and to listen. You know, I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms and I've come to appreciate them as a means through which you can come to God with everything. You can come to God in joy, you can come to God in sorrow, you can come to him in despair, you can come mm -hmm. to him in anger, mm -hmm. and just lay it in front of him. Mm -hmm. And uh, that just tells, I mean, I just, as a man who who seeks that loving father, he just, uh, that is just a way that he fulfills that mm -hmm. and shows us. Absolutely. Um, I think that we can see that kind of what you spoke to through, or spoke to that prayer alters circumstances through us. Through, you know, that he, we speak to him, but he speaks to us through his word. And that changes our course. That I mean, you can come to the Lord in prayer. I could come to him and just angry and say, Lord, give me your perspective. And by the end of it, I'm praying for that situation or that person that was just so angry. And mm -hmm. just the way that he, he gives you that, that opportunity to, to, to step outside of yourself. Um, I'm an Oswald Chambers fan. I read my most for his highest every day. And I was going through, um, I have his collection, all of his books. And I was going through, if, if ye shall ask. And in chapter two, it says that uh, prayer is easy because of what it costs God to enable us to pray. It is the redemption of God, the agony of our Lord that has made our salvation easy and prayer so simple. Hmm. And that just is the essence of what that says about our God. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea that God wants to have a relationship with us. Mm -hmm. That almighty God, the creator of the universe who loves us, who made us, he's not far away. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to answer our prayers. He wants, he wants that relationship. And to me, that shows an incredible love that he has for his people. So I get that, that the Lord really wants to have a relationship with us. And that I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What are the takeaways that uh, will help us become more hardcore in our faith from our discussion today? Um, prayer shows and exemplifies our dependence on God. And, and that uh, is it just starts with a simple act of humility, our mm -hmm. Father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. um, prayer gets us into fellowship with God, um, and God speaks through his spirit and through his word, like you, like you said, and, and we speak to God through prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, 
in prayer, God allows us to be involved in activities that are eternally important Mm -hmm. and that have eternal weight. And according to uh, God's word, when we pray, we're involved in in something much, much bigger than us. I think about the way that he, like speaking back to Daniel, how he worked through that in that moment and that Daniel's Daniel's prayers, even with the angel that's battling to to get him there to deliver that message, Hmm. you know, and and the weight of just the the eternal weight that, that that came from that circumstance. And now time and time again, we see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's a means of confession. We're called to confess, confess to each other, and confess to the Lord. It's a means of fighting sin. And uh, finally, we are commanded to pray. Mm-hmm. I also think that we can walk away by knowing, as we look at the Lord's prayer that He gave us, that it isn't always about praying for our own needs and our own mm-hmm. our own desires and our own this and our own that. I think that uh, when we come to our Lord, we should also not only always seek his hands, but seek his face, as I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of like what you said about your daughters. Uh, If you are a father and all your kids want from you is something, give me something, give me money, give me this, give me that, give me something, help me with this. um, Wouldn't it be just nice to have them come up and say, I just want to see you. I just want to spend time with you. Let me sit on your lap and just and just lavish my love upon you. So I think God really would like it us to to do some of the things that that Jesus um, kind of proposed in the Lord's Prayer is come and just love him just seek his mm-hmm. face and not always his hands if, if we're supposed to be praying continually we don't need things all the time do we there are times when we can just come to the Lord and just thank him love him lavish on him adore him and just glorify him for who he is and for what he did for us in our life and I think that that in my opinion should be more of what we pray for yeah. than a lot of the things that we need for ourselves and even even that we need for other people that we pray for and another thing that I wanted to uh, remind uh, the audience is that prayer is a privilege and not a right God made it this way and thank God that he did that he gave us the privilege to come to the Almighty God which is uh, wherever we're at wherever situation we're in uh, we don't need to pick up a phone we can just pray to him and I think that that is a privilege that we should not take for granted mm. because it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. God made it that way. So that's a privilege for yeah. us to do it. So anyway, that's kind of where I think we should leave this episode today. Yes. I want to thank you guys for spending time with us uh, as we explored the question, is prayer a waste of time? Be sure to join us next time as we attempt to tackle a question, is committing suicide a sin? Hope to see you then. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com to leave us a comment. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.